celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome. You're driving around right now, picking up last-minute goodies for your Thanksgiving dinner. And, you know, we love our animals so much. This is a great time of the year to give thanks for them because they make our life absolutely wonderful. However, it can be a tricky time for them, too. I mean, you have all the people coming in the house for Thanksgiving dinner. They're not real fond of that. Uh, they, they may go hide under the they bureau. They may escape. Yeah, they, they could get out the front yes, door. They could get lost. Open. So what do you do if your animal escapes and they get lost? I panic usually. I say to myself, okay, I know there's something I'm supposed to do. I've uh, hosted a radio show for 18 years where I've been told over and over what to do if my animal is lost. But for some reason, I can't think of what I'm supposed to do. There is actually a a bunch of things you are supposed to do. We're going to talk to the Pet FBI today. This organization, they've been around 20 years, and they've been reuniting lost pets and their guardians for 20 years. And they're a nonprofit organization. They do it for how much? Nothing. Nothing? Doesn't cost you a penny. Isn't that nice? It's rare that there's an organization like that around these days. So I look forward to talking to them about that. We'll also talk about some of the uh, foods that you really can't feed your animals from the Thanksgiving dinner table. Also, we're going to talk to the guy behind the Snowcats convention. Lori, you reported about this, oh, I'd say about a month ago. This is like CatCon in Denver. You encouraged me, well, at least Judy encouraged me to uh, put my hat in the ring for the Catchler event where they'll they'll be auctioning we all encouraged you Hal. (laughs) are you gonna do it Uh, sure sure why not but i will be very upset if no one uh bids for me i promise you'll get bids yeah we're gonna talk to that top cat over there also before the end of the show today uh lori what are you working on for this hour uh i gotta tell you how your coffee maker has influenced smart automated pet feeders it's a strange world. It is, isn't it? Let's go talk to you right now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, Allison. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh, listening on WFNC. Thank you so much for doing that. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on? Well, I actually just have a question um, for Dr. Debbie about Dynavite. I guess I would like to uh, know if you guys have information about Dynavite and um, if it's as uh, much of a miracle as, as it sounds like on the commercials. <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and if if I recall from the commercials, it cures everything from shedding to licking to um, acting crazy, um, to and smelling. Things- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, well, anytime I hear those kind of um, claims, the first thing I go is, "Oh, right, okay." Um, so, what I can tell you about is with Dynavite. Um, you know, it, it interestingly enough, it's very hard to actually track down. The, the ingredients on the label, um, uh, or as you're researching Dynavite. Um, but basically, it, it has a lot of different nutritional supplements, ranging from things like kelp to different types of enzymes. They put flaxseed oil in, zinc, um, some prebiotics and probiotics in there, things like that. What I can say is that there are certainly some animals that by adding some things into their diet, they may show some benefits. And those may be dogs and cats that have 
um, problems where they have dry skin, maybe they need a little bit more fatty acids in their diet, um, they may rarely have a zinc deficiency. It's not a very commonly diagnosed problem. So uh, supplementing zinc can help for that small category of patients. Um, but after all of the things that I look at with this type of product, um, you know, a veterinarians have a hard time standing and saying, oh, it's a great thing. It's going to cure all your ails and you're never going to need to go to the vet and um, it's going to fix all those things. That I have a hard time saying. Um, the clients I have had use that, um, I've seen some mixed reviews, um, several palatability problems where it's just really difficult. The animal didn't like eating it. Um, and I had a few that said, hey, the hair coat looks better. They feel happier about it. And then a couple other that said, they spent a lot of money and they wish they wouldn't have. <laughs> so um, I, I will, I'm not going to say it won't do something, but I will tell you that I just, in my experience, I haven't had clients had a lot of success with this product, but uh, I'll, I'll power to them. And, you know, if it's something you think you want to try, just use caution. Um, I'm always more of an advocate of using a good high quality diet rather than trying to put um, things back into the diet that are lacking. So I would always go to that sort of thing first. Um, and I should have asked you, Allison, you know, is your pet having some particular problem that you're looking to treat or is it just more you were wanting something to boost his health? Well, I actually have had some issues and we've gone to the, the no grain diet and um, I, ha I have listened uh, to you guys uh, fairly regularly and I know uh, the show I heard last week, uh, there was uh, a gal talking about how she cooks her pet food from scratch and stuff and includes, you know, meats and vegetables and stuff and that even the, the higher-end dog foods that tout all this wonderful, you know, you know grain-free stuff still have other things in them that we might be, you know, giving <laughs> bad things to our, you know, to our pets through their diet, even though we think we're getting uh, good stuff. So, um, but my, my dog seems to suffer from uh, just chewing his feet incessantly. Mm. And um, he, you know, I don't know if they're irritated or itchy or if it's like a yeast infection. Mm -hmm. uh, we've gone the, the Apiquil route, which is so expensive and mm -hmm. didn't really seem to do anything. And it was very um, unenjoyable for both of us to oh. give him his Apiquil. And okay. so for the and it didn't seem to really keep him from chewing his feet. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah. so I was just trying to see if maybe this was, you know, the the last my last ditch effort to to mm -hmm. give him something that he's not getting in his food or keep him from getting yeast yeah. infections. I I really don't know. And that's you know I've heard you know you're. Food has potato product in it. It can yeah. Well, you know, you have issues. You, <laughs> yeah, and there's so many different points to you know your situation, and I'll probably just hit a couple of them. And one is that definitely with um, a pet that is still itching or chewing despite trying medication that is geared towards anti-itching, um, for me that's a big red, big red flag that we really need to do a little bit more groundwork. And you know, you mentioned things like yeast. Um, we do find that if a pet is still itching and we use something like um, Apoquel or Cytopoin or even prednisone and they're still itching through that, 
to me, that really tells me I need to look harder at um, finding out what's going on in that pet's skin. And that may mean taking some skin sampling, looking for yeast, looking for mites, um, and then even, you know, deciding if we need to try some therapy towards those things um, because um, you know, there's no good reason why a pet would still itch if we've tried some really good therapies for um, you know, itch control. Um, the other thing that, you know, I definitely would go revisit the diet, um, but you may want to sp- speak with your veterinarian more about a diet that isn't just grain-free because the truth is dogs with food allergy and, and of the pets with allergies, only about 20% actually have a food allergy. The rest have either environmental or inhalant allergies. So um, everyone thinks it's the grain. It's very uncommon that the grain is the problem. The most common ingredients are chicken, beef and uh, fish that animals are most commonly allergic to. So corn, oh, wow. wheat, yeah, they're on the list, but they're not the most common. I've been feeding him in place of the grain. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. See your veterinarian, ask them about some different prescription um, diets. There's some that fall into what we call the hydrolyzed protein uh, philosophy, and there's others that are in the novel protein um, category. Either of those, we give it a good try for about nine weeks, so about six to nine weeks would be ideal. Um, without offering other things, supplements or treats or other edibles off of our table to really see if food allergy could be part of your situation. Um, But yeah, I would say, you know, I would go back with your itchy, scratchy paws and say, hey, please help me out more. I need an answer. I need to figure out what's going on here. And I think we could try definitely more things are coming to my mind for you. Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, Allison. I hope that helps you a little bit. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, toll-free 1-866-405-8405. And just before our first call of the day, you came rushing into the studio, and it didn't smell pretty. I just did a cat enema, too. It seems every time I get on air, I do something really weird. Either eyeballs popping out or enemas in cats. <laughs> a cat enema. That can't, I'm pretty sure that you have to put on gloves for that. Right? Yeah, gloves and sometimes protective eyewear, I'll tell you. Sometimes when you get a little liquid, it just kind of propels things and... Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know, your job is one of those jobs you either love or hate. I gotta tell you that right now. You got you gotta like grossness. I mean, any kid that wants to be a veterinarian, if you can't stand the smell of dog poo, or you can't stand something really pussy or boogery looking, <laughs> it's, it's not for you. you. You gotta love that stuff. And you do. I do. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Were you like that from a kid, from a teenager? Did. Uh... Did your parents freak out? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I think what they really knew they were in trouble when I had a, a little pet um, lizard, a little fence lizard, and his name was Rambo, and he was he was a delight. You know, I loved him. You know, I wasn't really allowed a lot of pets, believe it or not. So um, I loved him, and he died, and oh. I wanted to know why he died. So uh, my mom came home, and I was on the kitchen table dissecting him oh. after he had passed away, and um, granted, she, you know, I still got dinner that night but um she was very disgusted i used the kitchen table for that purpose <laughs> so you were you were doing an autopsy is what you were doing exactly just trying to you know deduce the cause of death and did you figure it out um well it, actually it was a combination of things but i was trying to force feed him and i uh, kind of contributed to part of the problem he had uh, oh. a cricket stuck in his throat yeah uh- <laughs> But there's a lot of things you learn when you have these critters, you learn what they need. And and that's a very important thing that, uh, you know, learn the husbandry, their diet, their uh, temperature environment, all that. Very good. Well, you've come a long ways. If you have a question for Dr. Debbie right now, 1-866-405-8405. 
888-528-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And uh, Thanksgiving just around the corner. Hard to believe. Seems like it was uh, last week that there was Thanksgiving. It's here again, and you know, it's unfortunate for uh, Judy and Dr. Debbie because they can't take time off for the holidays. This is when they work the most. Judy's uh, pet sitting yeah. like nobody's business. I'm booked through the end of the year. I don't have a free date until January. And you certainly can't really? take the holidays off, Dr. Debbie, because this is when you see probably your most cases, I would imagine, this time of year, right? Just Yeah, to- it, it gets really busy. And I have to say, the number one reason that we see pets come to the vet around the holidays um, is that they're eating something. They shouldn't, whether oh. it's something food in nature or some foreign object. Um, so, yeah, it, just a lot of upset tummies coming into the hospital. Well, but I want to share my turkey with, with my cat, my dog. Uh, well, you know what? You're not alone. Okay. Uh, we know about 60% of pet owners actually fess up to doing it. And and um, what we can do is I can advise you it's not in your pet's best interest because dogs and cats thrive on consistent food and consistent diet. But if you are going to do it, I will give you some guidelines. Okay. Um, I would avoid skin and bones. Skin and bones. Well, the bones, obviously. And the skin, I guess, is probably too fatty, right? Too fatty. Um, in high fat um items can actually trigger a problem called pancreatitis. So those rich sides that we like to enjoy, the gravies, the sauces, the fats, those kind of things can really set our pet up for an emergency visit and potentially a hospitalization visit. So pancreatitis can actually be fatal. So it is something to really be smart. Stick to the white meat in small amounts, whether it's chicken... Mm-hmm. White um, chicken or turkey, depending oh. on what you like there. Um, and then any bones. Some people think that if you cook the bones um, versus raw bones, that you'll have less problems. But really, um, we see splinters causing mouth injuries, broken teeth, uh, foreign bodies, um, the whole gamut of different things. So maybe try like a Kong toy that you could put peanut butter and put it in the freezer and make it a little fun treat for your pet. 
um, or even put peanut butter with its jerky breast in there if you want to put some kind of meat in there, mm-hmm. yeah, just to let them kind of have a taste of the season with you. So the dark meat that's on the bottom of the turkey that nobody eats, except Uncle Louie, he eats that. He just loves that stuff. <laughs> Well, it's going to be higher in fat. Oh. So if we're trying to avoid problems that are going to be like pancreatitis or digestive upset, the leaner meats are going to be less likely to cause a problem. So that's where I'm going to kind of give you that that green light to stick in that realm. And then, of course, avoiding all those other human foods that we know are dangerous for animals. You know, onion, onion powder, garlic, uh, macadamia nuts, grapes, raisins, salty foods, chocolate, any of those kind of things are just absolutely no-nos for your pets. Can I say it would suck to be a dog? Because I mean, what? No chocolate? No chocolate? Oh. I can't, can't have any chocolate or grapes or raisins or anything. Never yeah. ever. I just. But wanna... you know what? They get to eat bird poop and oh, <laughs> now we're talking grass. <laughs> and think of all the other little dead worms that they. Uh, that's what my dogs eat. I don't know, but uh... <laughs> and and you know, I gotta say also, don't give old leftovers to your pets. Oh. Yeah. How old is leftovers? Because we keep, I usually do turkey sandwiches for like a month and a half. After. Well, if you freeze it, if you freeze it, it's okay. But if it's four days in the fridge, four and it's days. poultry, yeah, you oh. should be tossing it. So I've seen pets where they come in because people have cleaned out the refrigerator a week, 10 days after the holiday. And believe it or not, they can get food poisoning um, and they can get quite sick from it. So you don't want to, you know, use your pet as a garbage can. Yeah. When speaking of garbage can, make sure that you put the leftovers or the bones and stuff, oh, yeah. tie mm-hmm. it securely in, in a container and put it in a trash can that your dog can't get into because they will get in the trash to dig for it. Mm. Absolutely. Can um, pancreatitis become chronic? It can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are pets that have smoldering pancreatitis. Pancreatitis can set up for diabetes too, so you have enough of it. So. Okay, well, but it's a great holiday to celebrate with your pets because we are so thankful for each and every one. Hopefully you can include them without giving them pancreatitis or any kind of sickness. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving from all of us here at Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Well, if you're an animal lover, and you are because you're listening to this show, right? A job working with baby animals that pays 100 bucks an hour. Dream job. I'm out of here. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) It's Alan Cable. You know, you can train your dog to do almost anything. You probably heard that story of the guy who trained the dogs to drive a car in Australia. What a good boy. Pebble here knows how to ring a doorbell. What a good boy. His owner invented this doggy doorbell that's easy for a dog to push on so that Pebble could let everybody know when he needs to go out. You can put a treat inside the space. That's pretty darn smart because that would get Pebble to jump up and push on it anyway. That's how the guy in Australia taught his dogs one step at a time how to drive a car. You could do the same thing with a cowbell on your door to train your dog to let you know when he needs to go outside or wants to go outside. You know, instead of scratching on the door or being destructive. You start by getting your dog ready to learn. You want your dog to be in a calm state of mind, not all excited and agitated. They can't learn when they're like that. You can actually use treats to mellow your dog out too. You can use treats and rewards for everything. But the best way to calm your dog is to tire him out before you try to train him. Make him run. Time to your bicycle and take a ride. Take a jog. Take a long, brisk walk. Play some fetch with a ball or his favorite toy if he likes to chase and bring things back. You're actually training him when you play with him. When he brings it back to you, you give him a treat. Say good Good boy. Once he's tired out, bring him in the house. Put him in his crate for about 15, 20 minutes. Then calmly take him out, and he'll be ready to pay attention and learn. Now remember, you want to teach your dog one thing at a time, and it might take a couple of days or weeks before he masters the one thing that you're trying to teach him. 
So if you wanted to teach him to let you know when he needs to go out by hitting the bell on the door, you would first start by getting him to actually jump up on the door. You can do this by prodding him to jump, or maybe just hold the treat against the door so that he jumps up to get it. And you'd repeat that over and over until you can get him to do it without a treat. Then maybe give him the treat after he does it, or just say good boy when he does it. You could teach your dog to turn lights on and off, even to bring you the phone. When you try to teach your dog something, look at it from his point of view and think about whether or not you're being clear in what you want him to do so that he understands. Remember, good boy. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Are you taking your sweet time when getting your pet's meals ready? Well, it turns out those fur kids are on to you and your slowness, and they can tell when you're dawdling. A new study from Northwestern University has found some of the clearest evidence yet that animals can judge time by examining the brain's medial enterile cortex. That's where the information enters the hippocampus in your brain. Researchers have discovered a previously unknown set of neurons that turn on like a clock when an animal is waiting on something. And those timing cells, they only fire during rest. So apparently they were really easy to see during this experiment. Now, not only are the cells active during rest, but they actually encode how much time the animal has been resting or waiting. The implication of this study has some really great things going on because the study expands well beyond your hungry pet. Now that researchers have found these new time-encoding neurons, they can actually study how neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's might affect this set of cells because the entorhinal cortex is one of the very first brain regions that's affected by Alzheimer's. This research, if you want to read more, was published online in the journal Nature Neuroscience. Well, since we're talking about feeding our pets and how impatient they can be, there's a new computerized feeder on the market called the WAGS Smart Serve Feeder, which the maker says is the only automatic dog feeder that delivers the right nutrition at the right time while keeping you remotely connected to your pup. Uh, Being a pet owner these days is so different from 20, 30, 40 years ago. When you're connected with the smart collar that they're wearing through your smartphone, of course, it allows you to automate mealtime based on the cat or dog's activity levels, eliminating concerns that they might be overeating. And you can also control mealtimes from your smartphone, too. The WAGS feeder can be loaded, listen to this, with any food, but it also accepts the new brand Wello smart food boxes that kind of snap into the feeder. Think of it like a, a premium quality dog food that has adopted a sort of coffee Keurig-like food delivery system <laughs> with stay fresh cartridges of food that snap directly into the feeder. Or think of your computer printer if you want. But many pet parents will also like that it offers a built-in replenishment system that monitors and detects when food levels are low, and then it automatically reorders food to be shipped to you. 
and it will work with Alexa as well. So how cool is that? The Wagsmart Serve Feeder sells for about 200 bucks. Who needs to be present for their animals anymore, right? <laughs> you know, I watched the Jetsons as a kid. Every day, I, I just keep <laughs> thinking, when, you know, is Elroy? No, well, Elroy's the boy. I think it was, um, was it was Roro? It? No, it was, uh, what was it? Elroy? Oh, and, no. oh, what was the dog's name? Astro. 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 That's it. But, you know, like, when are cars going to fly? And, and when is Astro going to be able to cook for himself or something? It's just amazing. <laughs> Well, if you're a pet lover, this is your dream job. Mutt's Canine Cantina, which opened its first location in Dallas, is looking for its first ever Mutt's Pup Turn. Like an intern, but a pup turn. And this job is going to be at their new location. The position will pay $100 an hour. Your, yeah, your job would be to pet puppies at their new Fort Worth, Texas Cantina. Qualified applicants had to have posted a photo or a video by last week, but, you know, also showing their puppy petting skills and why they're the best fit for the position. So even though the deadline to apply is passed, we thought that you would like to know that animal lovers, those dream jobs, are still out there. Uh, Just keep your eyes wide open. This has got to be a PR stunt is what I'm thinking. I'm sure it is, but 100 bucks an hour to smell puppy breath? Oh, yes. Bring it on. I'm there. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Delta Dawn, what's that power you have on? Hi, this is Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. <laughs> it is Animal Radio Celebrating the connection with our uh, Cats, dogs, flamingos, iguanas Tortoises, whatever it might be And we'll go back to the phones for your calls In just a couple of seconds here The number's toll free You'll want to call right now one 405 8405 And Judy will get you in queue But first, this is so important All of you know how much I'm a how much I love my cats. I'm a big cat lover. I'm a big you time. Are. Yep. People look at me, they say, how can that macho man just be such a cat lover? Right? Is that what they say? Is uh, that what yeah. you ladies That's say? That's exactly yep. what we were thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad you uh-huh. said yeah. it. So what caught my eye or caught my ear is when Lori Brooks reported on the uh, big snow cats convention happening in December. This is like a cat con, but happening in uh, the Denver area which is kind of new. I've seen them in Los Angeles and New York and some other big cities. Do cats like snow? I you know, Sure. Do Why they? not? Okay. Why wouldn't they? There's actually a uh, piece of machinery called the snow cat, which uh, if you're from Colorado, as our next guest is, would know exactly what the snow cat is. Hi, Brandon. How are you? I'm great today. How are all y'all? Very good. Brandon Zavala joining us. He's the top cat at the snow cats convention that's happening in December. Uh, tell us, is this the first cat convention in uh, Denver? It is, actually. Yeah, it's the first one that we're putting on um, in this part of the country, actually. So it's going to be a really exciting uh, time for a lot of cat lovers in the area. Now, what can we expect to see at the big cat convention? 
Oh man! So we're we've got a lot of stuff going on at this uh, at this cat convention, and kind of separating ourselves from from all the others across the country. So we're 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 really focusing on music and cats with this, and uh, and artwork, of course. But uh, what we're going to be doing here is we're going to actually have some live concerts. Uh, we're going to have Mosho the cat rapper as a as a headliner for our for our event. Wow! We've got a lot of meet and greets with some. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun. We've got meet and greets with ba- uh, Baloo the adventure cat, who's uh a pretty famous cat out here in Colorado, and some may know um, know him from the uh, the Instagram call out for uh, Henry the Colorado Dog, which is a, a hiking dog out in Colorado. So they're kind of like a hiking pair out there. Uh, we're also going to have Low Bob there as well too, and uh, Kitten Lady too. So we've got a lot of meet and greets. We've got some music lined up. We've got fun games and a lot of a lot of fun stuff alongside an, uh, a full bar for everyone to enjoy some uh, mimosas and mialgaritas as well. <laughs> Now, all the ladies here have suggested that I put my uh, hat in the ring for the Cat Alert, Cat, Catchler Contest. Cat, catchler Contest? It's, it's like a bachelor, but it's Catchler. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You, you, you certainly should. You know, we, uh, we haven't started taking names for it yet, but we're going to be releasing that within the next week or so. And uh, it's going to be a fun event, a little bit different than what most auctions are in general. We're going to have uh, several uh, catchlers, if you will, or men that are cat lovers, uh, kind of walk around the venue looking for donations, and the, and the individual with the most donations is the one who's going to win for the event, and they get their choice out of their top donations of, of the uh, women or men who choose them uh, at the event. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So you, you must be a cat owner. I know that you... Didn't we speak to you? I don't know. See, your name sounds familiar, like we've had you on the show before. I'm out there somewhere, yeah. So I, I'm the guy that created the uh, the Apino Meow cat line you might have heard of in the past. Oh, oh yes. Cat line. Yes. That was a couple of years ago. That was in 2016. Yes, correct. How's that wine yep, doing? Yep. How's that cat wine doing? It's still around for sure. It's uh, getting cats drunk around the country and the world as well. Oh, you got to love that. What made you decide yeah. to do this cat convention in the first place? You know, it was always one of the things that I wanted to do at some point in my life. Um, it, it took several years of busyness with uh, with Apollo Peak and the whole cat wine venture to finally step out and say, I'm going to take some time and actually focus on this event. You know, it's, it's about two years in the making. Um, you know, I've been putting a lot of time in it recently just to get it moving forward. You know, I really didn't push the button until about, I'd say, January or February of this year. But uh, um, I'm very excited to get started with it and also to kind of get started with several other events across the country, too. So this is just the start for us. So is it going to be an annual event? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it'll be an annual event in Denver, and I'm also looking at different locations across the country to open up uh, several different type of snowcats-type themes. Uh, we're looking at a Suncats as well to do out in the uh, <laughs> southwest uh, in a city to be determined <laughs> at this time. But, yeah, no, I, I've always been excited about doing events that bring cat people together because uh, – it normally, and uh, and you might understand this too, if you're a cat person, a lot of cat people kind of stay inside. They don't really go out as much. And so when we have an occasion um, or an event that we can go to and meet other cat lovers, it's just so much fun to get out there and uh, and enjoy some time together. You will never see a bigger congregation of toxoplasmosis uh, than you will <laughs> at this convention. That's why we've got wine available for them too. <laughs> How can people learn more? Uh, so you can go to uh, snowcats.org or snowcatsconvention.com. Those are our websites that we have available for the convention. Um, you can go there. Uh, our Facebook page is just facebook.com slash snowcatscon, or Instagram is at snowcatscon. Um, and uh, you can find tons of information on our website um, all across the Internet. You can even Google Snowcats Convention, and you'll find us uh, number one on there as well. I wish you the best of luck in this, and we're going to have to check in with you a little later to find out how it's going, okay? Thanks so much. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate uh, you letting us get the word out as well, too. And we'll definitely give you some information when it comes up. Okay, Brandon Zavala, 
The Top Cat for the Snowcats Convention happening December 8th and 9th in Denver, Colorado. We'll put all the information over at AnimalRadio.pet. And now it is time to go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Ask your questions of Dr. Debbie, dog father Joey Villani, even Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, fielding calls as she usually does. She's so talented. Where did she ever learn to talk on the phone like that? <laughs> what a, we should take a picture of that. Isn't that cute? Let's uh, go to Danielle. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? Good, thank you. But my dog, not so good. Oh, what's up? Well, she is a 10-month Chihuahua Terrier mix. She's one of those little small dogs, about five pounds. And every once in a while when I see her outside, she'll be eating her own poop. Ooh, lovely. Yeah. Um, She actually is one of three dogs. Um, The other dogs are also much. They're Cocker Terrier mix, and then the one is Cocker Terrier mix, and then also Mini Pincher. So we just have three dogs. They all poop in the same yard. Um, I'm doing what I can, but I just, I don't want her to eat poop because she sleeps with me. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and you don't want to, and and not only for the gross factor and, you know, having to smell that breath, but for dogs that ingest feces, they have a higher rate of acquiring parasites and, you know, having just digestive upset in general. So it's definitely not a habit we want to, you know have going on so um now do they have access to go outside like through a doggy doors through the day or um yeah um i live in a house where i uh, there's a a room downstairs where that's where my bedroom is and there's a sliding glass door to the backyard so Mm -hmm. usually i I work from home and i keep the door open so she runs in and out throughout the day um and the other dogs aren't aren't doing that they're just mostly in the other parts of the house but she she runs in and out Okay. Well, the the bottom line is that this is actually a perfectly normal behavior. It may not be acceptable, but it is normal. So dogs do this. It's kind of an instinctual thing. And if we look at like how dogs are raised, their their mama dog actually cleans their backside and actually stimulates them to go to the bathroom. So she actually ingests their waste. So this is somewhat a um, kind of a cleanup mechanism they have. And then also that just becomes kind of a wacky fun habit for some dogs. So the challenge is recognizing it is an instinct and it's going to happen if we allow it to happen through access. So one big problem that I have with your current setup is that there's no um, supervision. 
So okay. if she's allowed to go and do things out back at will, you have no ability to correct her for that behavior. Um, so uh, taking her outside to do her potty needs and to pair that with a positive reinforcement, praising her, giving her a treat, and then walking back into the house. That actually it helps with a couple things. One, you know where she's doing her business and you can praise her for that. You can control her so she doesn't get back into that. You accompany that with picking up the poo in the yard so she doesn't have the opportunity again the next time you go out and to snarf up a turd that quickly. Because trust me, they will. They'll walk by, and I've seen it happen where it's just like a vacuum cleaner and the, the turd is gone before <laughs> you know it so you really have to take control of her bathroom visits and you can't leave a, a doggy door open or leave them unattended in the backyard because she's going to go right back for it okay. so the the other things that we can try to do is that we want to make sure that if you do catch her in the act we don't discipline her we don't yell at her we don't chase her trying to pull the poop out of her mouth because that actually makes it more fun and becomes part of the game where mom's now going to chase me when I get to my poopy. And um, so you want to have an alternative uh, thing you can do at that time. So you, I like to use the squeaky toy um, uh, d- distraction. Um, so you're outside, you, you're out, whether you have her on a leash or what have you, she starts to go for the poop. Instead of yelling at her, you say, oh, look at me, squeak, squeak, squeaky. And you go run in the other direction. In a puppy of her age, that's way more fun than eating a turd. <laughs> so okay. you have to make something else more attractive. Trying to pry the turd out of her mouth and yelling at her, chasing her, all of those things are very counterproductive. So don't let yourself do that. All right. And then... And then um, there are some over-the-counter remedies you can try. Um, there's deter tablets, forbid powder. Some people just use uh, Adolph's meat tenderizer and sprinkle that on the pet's food. Really? And what all of those things do, yeah, it's basically MSG and some enzymes in, in the meat tenderizer. But what they do is they make the dog's poop taste bad, which <laughs> is great. Is you think that poop tastes bad, anyways? But um, and of course they have to be ingesting their own feces. So whoever you're treating uh, in their food would be who whose poop they're eating. Um, but that can help for some dogs, but it is not the sole cure. And I have a lot of people that say they use these things, but that's all they do, and it, it will fail if that's all you do. But if you use it in conjunction with more of a training program like this, then 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 it can help. All right. So, well, I was wondering. Um do you think that, you know, I do feed her a lot of, like, people food, like, just little snacks. Like, if I'm eating a cracker and I have an extra one, I'll give her half. Um, is that maybe helping or is that, do you think that's going to be, I don't know. I don't well, know if that's, that's making it worse, basically. <laughs> I don't think it's probably increasing the potential for her eating her stool, but what she could be doing is she could definitely be creating a fussy eater <laughs> or developing the tendency for bagging. So, um, you know, for that reason, I don't recommend that, but I don't think it's it's probably increasing the, the likeliness that she's going to eat her poop. All right. Well, thanks, guys. You've been very helpful. <laughs> Good luck with that. We appreciate your thanks, call today. Guys. Hey, thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. 
Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles. The Helifant 426 supercharged Mopar crate Hemi engine is a Mopar first for a thousand horsepower crate engine kit offered by the original equipment manufacturer and was announced at this year's SEMA. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles also introduced a 1968 Dodge supercharger concept, the perfect package for highlighting the Helifant 426 supercharged crate Hemi engine assembly kit. Enthusiasts crave power and performance. For more, go to ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. How many of you have lost your pets? I, I'm asking everybody in the studio. And, oh, you uh, mean like lost, like gets out the out of the house, or at any lost? point in time, do you not know where your pet is? Maybe okay. for about five minutes, my pet got out, but I got him real quick, real, real quick. Was that a cat? It was a cat that got out. Yeah, and I knew they got out, and you know they couldn't see him, but then I did end up finding him just a few minutes later. Pretty close by. Yeah, they were very close. By. I guess cats don't wander far. I've had when when I had cats, I had one that got out and kind of rolled all over the front yard and had a great time. And then the other cat wouldn't leave the threshold of the, <laughs> the entryway. But when I drove up, I saw them and I was like, "Oh my god!" My heart just fell out of my throat. And you know, just the terror that you think of what could happen and what if I can't get them back in the house. So that Ooh. was the big fear I had. What about you, Lori? Have you ever lost any animals? Um, yeah, my parents' dog, when I was a teenager, when they were on vacation one year, oh my God, it was horrible. How did that uh, end? But I got her back like, oh, good. like three good. hours before their plane landed. So, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's good. If you lose yeah. your pet, it can be a very traumatic experience. The Pet FBI, this actually is a thing. The Pet FBI is an organization, a nonprofit organization that's been around for the last 20 years. And they've been reuniting pets with their owners, lost pets with their owners. They're top of their game. They have become what I would say, I'm going to venture out on a limb here and say, probably the best database for lost and found pets on the Internet. And that comes from somebody who didn't think the Internet would take off and really just spends very little time on the Internet except to look up my horoscope before the show. So they're going to be like Ace Ventura pet detective. They actually, they don't go out and do the investigation. They have a database. They connect you with people with lost pets across the country. Plus they have... Does it go all across the country or is it just one state? It is a nationwide thing. So it's wow. all across our country. And they do this for, they're a nonprofit. So they, all, everybody that works for them is a volunteer. We're going to talk to the volunteer executive director, Leslie Poole, and that's going to happen before the end of this hour. She will have tips for you, what to do just in case your pet comes up missing. And that's on the way. Lori, what are you working on for this hour? Uh, I found a great story about it. A drug detection dog that was the runt of her litter. She couldn't get work in her chosen field after being highly trained in everything. So she ends up working at a rehab shelter. It's a great story. Okay, that's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls. For Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani, right now, one 405 8405 Sean, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie? Yeah, I've got a dog problem. Okay. I've got a Chinese pug. Uh, getting eyesight's getting real bad. I've just been wondering. I 
walking I ain't a doctor, but looking at it, it looks like cataracts. Is there anything they can do for that or well, potentially, and I guess the first thing is that when when we have a color change to a dog's eyes and they're starting to turn cloudy and kind of white, a lot of times we just kind of logically think they're cataracts, but it's not always the case. So the first thing that I would do is I would certainly want to take a look at your doggy's eyes um, because we can have cataracts form with age. Sometimes even things like diabetes will cause cataracts, but in some cases we truly can just get an aging in the lens of a dog's eye, what we call lenticular sclerosis, um, and it's just an aging change. So it isn't always something that is really severe for their vision, um, and you can even in some breeds see some corneal disease that makes the eye kind of white, and it's a different area of the eye. So it definitely, I'd say, start with a, a vet exam. Let's take a peek at the eye because that, for me, makes a big difference in what we do. Um, and if we do find that your dog has cataracts, um, there are some things to do. One is, yes, there, there is surgery. We can have those removed. It's generally done with a veterinary ophthalmologist. Um, but even short of removing cataracts, there's a lot we can do medically to help manage that. And anytime I have a diagnosis of a cataract, I always, always want to do a diabetic screening on that pet. So if you have a dog with cloudy eyes and you haven't had them checked at the vet, that is definitely going to get that, those car keys in your hand and get a region uh, to get that pet checked out. Um, but for some pets with cataracts, with time, um, you know, they may adjust. If they lose their vision with that, they can get along okay. But we don't tell people to ignore cataracts because there can be some problems that occur besides the vision loss. And that is what we call lens-induced uveitis. So cataracts leak a type of protein into the eye, and that can cause inflammation, which can cause pain, and can really make a pet very miserable. Um, so if we have cataracts, um, in many cases I will put a pet on a topical anti-inflammatory to keep that in check, um, keep those pets comfortable, and, you know, then monitor their vision. If there's any other problems where the lens slides out of position um, and luxates out, then we may talk more surgery and things like that. Um, but definitely, there are certainly things to do. Now, I am not a fan of those um, supplements that'll say they'll restore vision, remove cataracts. Um, that's just a bit of hooey in my mind. Um, so, uh, so, so don't fall into that. But uh, now, do you see Sean, your your doggy, having trouble getting around, or you're just noticing the color change? Yeah, sometimes uh, he's got a chihuahua that he hangs out with, and if the chihuahua ditches off from him, I think he can see him because he's black. But if he veers off and goes off on his own, he'll run into stuff and stuff like that. And yeah. That's what I'm concerned about it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'd say definitely. Let's let's get these eyes checked out. Now, one, you know, following another pet around, but sometimes we'll do what we call a cotton ball test at home. So if you cover one of your dog's eyes and you throw a cotton ball horizontally in front of their eyes, if they notice it and they watch it going by them, um, then we still have some vision in that eye. If they're not seeing that, then that's, that's going to be something that we really want to check that pet out, see if we've got advanced cataracts or maybe some other causes of vision loss there. Thank you so much for your call, Sean. I hope that's of some help and, and uh, give your give your old guy a pat on the head and, and hope he follows his friend around pretty well around the house there. Got him with CNI dog, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Thanks for your call. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call here at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And we have who is it? Jesse. Hey Jesse, how are you? Pretty good. I wanted to talk to Dr. Debbie. Okay. Oh, hi. I'm right here. What can I do for you? Okay. Uh, I bought some 
evil food, E-V-O. Oh, good. I thought you said evil food. No. I was going to say, oh. <laughs> yeah. And um, because my dog had been scratching a lot, and it's not fleas or ticks because I take very good care of both of them. And uh, so I bought this, and I started feeding it to them, and my husband says, I don't want you giving it to them because it's got um, beef, lamb, it's, and what he's really irritated about is because it also has um, uh, venison, herring oil, um, okay. it's got carrots and all that, and uh, buffalo, and he says all this comes from from dead animals that they find in the in, in the um, forest and all. And oh, so he has a, he has a problem thinking that this food is coming from uh, like roadkill, right? Uh-huh. It's not that they're being bred for this, right? Okay. Well, let's let's dispel that because when we're talking about commercial pet foods, they do have to re- get their sources from verifiable outlets. So they're not going around and picking up and scraping up raccoons off the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd have to say some of what you've mentioned, uh, venison and bison, some of that is some of the greatest quality meats. And if you're going the route that you are, where you're going to a, maybe a grain-free diet mm-hmm. in the course of a, a food allergy, I applaud you because I think that's a great thing to do. And I would have no reservations about a commercial dog food. Now, I thought when I heard you say venison and all that, I thought you were like, you know, using your own um, uh, hunting uh, findings no. for making dog food. But if you're using a commercial brand, and you know that one is certainly one that I have a lot of uh, clients on, and I definitely value that. So I, I would uh, squash those reservations. Okay, okay. How's the skin coming along? Uh, you know what? Um, they they're still itching. I, well, I stopped take, uh, giving them the the food because of my husband. He wanted to know about it, and then I heard you on the radio, uh-huh. and that's why I says if anybody would know, it would be you. Oh. Thank you. It's got a lot of good things in it, you know. I mean, uh, it's. Oh, and another thing he was worried was about the eggs. And uh, I don't think they would. I, I think they would cancel the product and say bring it back, you know. Yeah, and from what I, from some of the different um, food manufacturers I've spoken to recently, they use a lot more egg um, protein and egg powder than they actually do the the pure egg. So okay. I, as far as that is a, a diminished concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and but I've had clients that have actually they're feeding you know eggs to their pets, and you know they're getting sick as well. So you know you you can definitely cause that from a human illness from what we're eating. Uh-huh. So keep the old leftovers away from your dog. We okay. don't want to share that. And uh, another thing is with their itching. I, you know, I can't understand what it is because they itch and they itch. And I mean, I, I put the uh, Frontline Plus on them and okay. I'm even giving them vitamins. And I bought this um, grizzly salmon oil for them. Okay. And, you know, itching is a great sign. There's so many things that cause it. So a couple things I'd look at is definitely make sure your flea tick program is very diligent there. Mm-hmm. Even missing out a little bit, you know, one flea bite can cause them to itch for weeks. So that's very important that we're very aggressive about that. The second thing is that, you know, the, the food trial that you're working towards, it's very important to stay faithful to that. We as humans tend to cheat. We give little milk bones, we give little treats here and there, and that will ruin all your efforts at sticking to a faithful food trial for food allergies. Okay. The third thing is that 
we could have allergies and allergies are the great mimicker. There's so many other diseases that look like allergies. Mm -hmm. So I like the idea of using fish oil. There may be other things we can add in, antihistamines, um, some other medications if we're going down that allergy road. And that might be something that we can kind of tap into the little pharmaceuticals if necessary. Um, But, uh, you know, I I definitely work on that flea control and stick to your food trial and see if that gets us somewhere. Jesse, thanks for tuning in today. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And i just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment. If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. It is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. We're just like you. We love our pets. We have the same problems that you have with your pets. Maybe even more so. The carpenter's cabinets or the shoemaker's shoes, you know, if you want to see how well-behaved our animals are, um, you're going to have to catch them on a good day. Ladybug, stop that. (laughs) In fact, even Dr. Debbie has accidentally fed her dog chocolate. She she didn't actually feed the dog chocolate. She has a dog that got into chocolate, right? Yes. Um, you know, the nose knows and a dog's motivation can <laughs> can supersede anything you do as a safety measure to keep those things out of your pet's hands or mouth. <laughs> Whatever happened with that? Uh... My own dog was the worst uh, chocolate toxicity I've ever seen. And he ate a bunch of European dark chocolates, um, just tons of it. And he was actually bouncing, physically bouncing off of the wall. Um, he had a um, arrhythmia, so his heart rate was so high, it was skipping beats. Wow. And um, he obviously had vomited and had digestive problems, but he was actually in really severe um, toxicity by the time that we returned home and discovered all of the stuff that he'd gotten into. So yeah, how and, did you put that together that that was what happened? 
Oh, it wasn't hard. Um, okay. <laughs> there was the, the banging of the doors, kind of like a demon was behind my bedroom doors. And then when we opened that, he he ran around the house like he was um, just totally high. He was literally bouncing off the walls. He was running so fast and running into doors and walls. And then we discovered all of the chocolate items that had been chewed. There were toys and souvenirs from Europe that my from my nieces and nephews. And he had actually started to eat those things, too, because they had some smell smell of the chocolate on it so um it really was pretty it was a disaster zone it really was um and amazingly he was very hard to treat in that um he was a dog that could eat just about anything and i had the hardest time inducing vomiting with him (laughs) but um we treated him he he got through it um but he always had an interest in chocolate what? He never learned his lesson, as people might think they would. He always thought chocolate was something he had to go find. And if he'd smell it on your breath, he would start getting crazy and looking for it. Um, so, yeah, dogs don't learn from that kind of mistake. <laughs> what kind of dog was he? A Labrador Retriever. <laughs> so, so anyone, anyone that has a retriever, you know, I'd say Labradors are the biggest violators. Um, you know, Golden Retrievers might be after that, but they are most well-known to having um, inappropriate ingestion. So eating Eating things, chewing on things that they shouldn't, um, highly um, implicated with those breeds. So sure. I would certainly advise people invest in a good savings fund or put insurance <laughs> in those babies when you get them. <laughs> so we know dark chocolate is actually more lethal or problematic than the, the lighter chocolate, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and it's not just, you know, a little Hershey's kiss or, you know, having some chocolate chip cookies that's going to be dangerous. It's really the volume and the type. So the dark chocolates, like baking chocolate is the highest um, level of the toxin in there. If you get down to milk chocolates or white chocolate, you're getting much, much lower. So it would take a much larger quantity of item for them to have a toxicity. But it's always good to know what your pet has eaten. So you would want to quantitate it, how many, how many ounces, what size the bar is and then that's in relation to your dog's size so that those are the most important things if your dog gets into some kind of chocolate item is know how much is potentially ingested and what your pet's weight is and a lot of times we can reassure people over the phone your pet's going to be fine it's not really a big deal yeah so what if they just get into like a couple of kisses i mean do we have to call the vet and schedule an appointment and do that whole thing or is it something we can just uh, hang tight and watch in general i like to say call your vet Um, It may not mean going into the vet, but because there are some small dogs and with different types of um, dark chocolates that are out there, I do advise just to get that that information from your veterinarian. Um, But in many cases, these are more just kind of reassuring pet owners that, you know, yeah, he may have a little diarrhea um, or potentially some vomiting, but, um, you know, in many cases, pets do perfectly fine. And that's why a lot of people say chocolate really isn't all that toxic because it's it's so overblown in a lot of situations. Um, It's just those select few that if you see them, um, it, it turned me off a of chocolate, I can tell you. <laughs> After I found, you know, the um, the, the vomited uh, chocolate, it really turned me off of it for You mean you know, personally? Yeah. yeah, personally, I couldn't eat chocolate. It just made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing that'll turn me off chocolate. Uh, it's one of my, it's kryptonite for me. Uh, so uh, we talked last hour, and if you just tuned in and uh, you missed it last hour, we talked a little bit about Thanksgiving dinner. And, uh, you know, everybody likes to give some of those Thanksgiving treats from the table, table scraps. And especially, uh, or at least, and I'm guilty of it, the dark meat, the the part of the the turkey that nobody's going to really eat anyway, we usually give to the animals. That's a no-no. 
Well, some dogs may be fine eating it, but it is higher in fat than the white meat. So if you are compelled to feed your pet some of the turkey feast, I would advise to stay to the white meat. Avoid the gravies, the excessive fat, and the darker meat. It'll just be less likely to cause a problem for your pet. Okay, let's uh, go to the phones for your calls. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Coming up, we're going to talk to the pet FBI, and these guys help reunite the guardians with lost pets. Lots of reunions happening. We'll find out what they're up to. Lori, you're going to do news in about 10 minutes. What do you got coming up? Well, I got a, a great holiday shopping gift idea for the pet lover in your life. And you can do this online without being mobbed in a store. And uh, what's going to happen to that lone mandarin duck that is thrilling visitors to Central Park? We've got some information for you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Rogers and Cynthia Rogers on Animal Radio. Just know that it's going to be all right, meow. (laughs) If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 888-785-0618. That's 888-785-0618. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. At a substance abuse rehab program in San Francisco, a friendly Labrador retriever named Cassie is often cited as the favorite therapist on their client feedback forms. You know, those surveys they ask you to complete when you're done. Mm -hmm. Well, what makes this remarkable is the fact that Cassie is a trained narcotics detection dog who works to keep people struggling with addiction on their path to recovery. Now, Cassie was trained to work at, you know, typical places where narcotic detection dogs work. But as the runt of the litter, she wasn't really attracting any interest from airports and law enforcement agencies. Although her employer now, Remedy Recovery, uses a variety of standard prescription medication, they have also pioneered the use of cannabis as an exit drug to reduce or eliminate opiate use. So Cassie is there now and acts as a therapy dog 
and is a pet, too. She fills dual roles. She's a pet sort of to the in-house patients and in group sessions, too, but she also has to switch into her detection mode when they ask her to. Management at the center says Cassie is particularly helpful to the men in the program. I never thought about this because men, they say, generally don't respond as well as women to group therapies, so Cassie gives men another form of therapy assistance that they can utilize. Hmm. If you've already begun your holiday shopping, um, for some of us, that won't start for another month or so. Uh, but if you have a pet lover on your list, here's an idea for a gift that they probably don't already have. It's a Petlandia personalized storybook. You can make any pet the star of this personalized custom storybook using a simple online tool at Petlandia.com. And then you can create this adorable lookalike, kind of like a little cartoonish thing of your dog or cat in just a few clicks. And then the likeness of the pet then stars in its very own 36-page personalized storybook. And it sells for only 30 bucks, which is, I think, a pretty good price than any animal lover would like. Hmm. Have you seen so, these? No, I haven't. Have you? Judy got one. I have one. Yeah. And it's Did on, you love it? It's on our cat Nike and it looks oh, just it, like yeah. him. Yes. Yeah. It's adorable. And I love the little story they wrote around him. Hmm. And well, they have both I, him I, and me in the book. I think it's it's great. really both of you, so that's really cool. Great great kid gift for Christmas. I, I think it's great for even Hanukkah. an adult. It doesn't have to be just yeah, for Yeah, he's kid. calling I, us kids, Judy. Uh, yeah. Well, that's okay then. I'm, I'm, I'll be a kid too. I'll jump in on this one. <laughs> hey, have you guys seen all of the stories about that lone exotic Mandarin duck in New York Central Park? Beautiful, no. beautiful duck. No. Oh my gosh, it's so colorful and its feathers are so ornately designed i guess by nature but just little tiny lines and bright colors he's absolutely gorgeous but no one has any clue how it got there except for maybe somebody had one and they let it go in the park but people from all over the country have been flocking to central park to see this duck and now parks and wildlife officials in the state say it is going to be left alone to live its life in peace in the park This super colorful duck was first spotted late last month in October, and it was thought it was going to have to be captured for its own safety because so many people were showing up to see it, and who knows if a a Mandarin duck could survive here. So a park ranger, they did some research, and after a few days of observation, they say it is believed that that duck is comfortable living in the park. It appears healthy. It's able to fly, it finds its own food, and it seems to be very social with the other waterfowl in the park. So it's going to stay for now. We'll, we'll post a, I think we should post a picture on the website. We're looking at duck. it right now. It's a very, very beautiful duck. Very colorful. Yeah. So let's, uh, we'll put that over at uh, animalradio.pet. Couldn't a duck like that just migrate or fly here? No, Some, they're from it's Asia. It's a little dude. far. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, they're not native to our area. So, you know, but if someone had them in a collection or a zoo and, you know, you know there are certainly all sorts of or different they stories you can make. Maybe smuggled one or something. That's what they say. Uh-huh. They just don't know how it got here. Yeah, but I it suppose. is striking. Somebody knows, and they're not talking. Wikipedia says there are several hundred mandarins existing in Sonoma County, California, as a free-flying wow. feral population. Oh, so they they can fly from California to New York, couldn't they? I suppose that's an awfully far flight, but. 
Well, but I see all these, I mean, like the they butterflies, the little monarchs, butterflies go all the way from Mexico to, to, to British Columbia. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's their natural migration. Oh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe he was just confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. It was, uh, well, definitely within the last 18 years, we spoke to the <laughs> the originator, the person who organized the company, the uh, Pet FBI, which helped find lost and found pets. And they have done so much. They're uh, 20 years in business now, almost like we are. Wow. And they're, they have a huge database and probably, and I, I'm going to jump out on a limb here and say they're probably one of the best lost and found databases anywhere on the internet and uh, we welcome today leslie pool she's a volunteer executive director hi leslie how are you doing i'm great thanks for having me on so tell new listeners listeners that know nothing about pet fbi what is it so pet fbi um, as you said was started 20 years ago by our founder marisa finelli and it was one of the first web-based lost and found services around Um, so we are a database we are volunteer run and we are always 100% free to use. Anybody can go onto our website and log um, a lost report if they've lost their pet. They can post a found report if they find a pet. Um, and we have all kinds of resources online of what to do if you've lost your pet. Um, and a huge searchable database so you can go through and see all of our listings. So does this cover the whole United States? It does, yeah. We have a national database um, along with... Uh, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. So yes, it covers the whole the whole country. What is the first thing we should do if we lose a pet? Because you know, I know that's happened to me. I'm pretty sure it's happened to pretty much everybody in the studio. And maybe listeners, put up your hand if you've lost your pet before. You see, <laughs> everybody has at one time or another lost their pet. They've gotten out. They, the cats uh, either sneak through the doors or the dogs find a, a hole in the fence or something like that. I panic at that point. I know I sh- there's things I should do, but I panic. What should I be focusing on when that right. happens? Well, and I my hand was up as well because I've lost a pet, and that is the worst feeling. Um, you don't know what to do first. Uh, so we have very explicit directions on our website, of a checklist of things to do. And it's different depending on whether you've lost a dog or a cat. So um, some of the first things we say, first of all, we always say before you lose your pet, microchip. Microchip your pet. Make sure that they have a collar with an ID tag with your phone number and please register the microchip. Did you know like only six out of 10 microchips are actually registered with current contact information? So it doesn't do you any good if that microchip is not registered. So do those things first before you lose your pet. Um, Hopefully you never have to take advantage of those things, but um, do those first. And then one of the things we always say is you've lost your pet, put their bedding outside, um, you know, something that smells like them, put some food outside, 
Um, for cats, if you can leave a door cracked open um, a little bit, like a garage door, if you can safely do that so they can sneak back in, go online, fill out your lost pet report on petfbi.org. Call your microchip company, report it to the microchip company so they know if somebody calls in, make sure that information is current. So right away, if you haven't updated it, quickly call them and update that information. Um, you can walk around. One of the things we say, the first instinct, and we've, I've done this, is to run outside, hair on fire, shouting for my pets, <laughs> you know, shaking the treat bag, um, calling their name. That's probably the worst thing you can do. Um, don't don't really? chase. Okay. Yeah, don't chase. Don't yell. Um, a dog who is displaced or running freely and all of a sudden there are people running after it and yelling at it. Um, they're just like, well, I'm going to run faster <laughs> because okay. these people are after me. Um, and you may accidentally um, run them out out of a safe area and into an unsafe area, like out into traffic. Mm. Um, so you want to be very careful to not not um, ch- chase your pet and scare them. Um, Same with cats. Cats are generally hunkered down somewhere close to you. Cats are great at going under bushes, under decks, into sheds, um, and they usually stay pretty close. That's what I heard. Uh, Yeah. 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 Leslie, Leslie, as a veterinarian, I have to say that, that, you know, staying close is so true. I I often find that pets are lost and picked up by people in the nearby area. So for me, I would also say, you know, scouting the neighborhood and making a physical presence, putting signs up and letting veterinarians and animal care takers in the area know what your pet looks like. And because some people might say, oh, he looks like he wasn't loved and taken care of and take him somewhere and say, this is my new dog I just found. I rescued. And I think if you have those those visuals out, it helps to prevent that kind of thing. Right. You are so right. Okay, we got to take a quick break. We are with Leslie Poole, the volunteer executive director of the Pet FBI. We'll continue the list of what to do just in case you lose your pet. Coming up next. Here are today's automotive news headlines. I'm Nick Miles Toyota introduced a Tundra Pie Pro in conjunction with Pizza Hut. The Tundra Pie Pro is built to run entirely on hydrogen fuel cell electric power. The unit was adapted from the Toyota Mirai, which both drives the vehicle forward and powers the self-contained kitchen built in the truck bed. Toyota also teamed up with the Academy Award winner actor and director Kevin Costner to build the ultimate outdoor adventure Tundra. To see these trucks, go to ourautoexpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. And now an Animal Radio News Brief. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Ever wish you could make sure your barking dog isn't terrorizing the cat or the mailman when you're not at home? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. A new app called Pavlov Dog Monitor. It's $4.99, and it's an iPad app. It uses audio sensor technology to listen for your dog's barks when you're away from home. It'll then trigger pre-recorded videos with you saying, bad boy, or alternately, good boy, to help quiet the dog. For an extra $1.99, you can have the app monitor your dog throughout the day, and your dog can Facebook you. The idea person behind the app is also working on a Bluetooth-equipped treat dispenser that will give your dog an actual treat if he refrains from barking. That's amazing. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at AnimalRadio.pet.
Hi, this is Mayim Bialik on Animal Radio. Please adopt a pet. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Don't lose them. Especially over these holidays, you have all these guests in the house for Thanksgiving. The cat may make a dodge for the door, and suddenly Thanksgiving is ruined when everybody's looking for the cat. Does that sound like a personal story? (laughs) So we are with Leslie Poole, and she is the volunteer executive director of Pet FBI, and they find they have a database to help facilitate reunions between uh, owners and their pets. And we've been going over a list of things to do when you first lose your pet. And Leslie has mentioned already uh, microchip. Right. And we do recommend doing flyers, going old school, printing out flyers and going door to door, handing them out with your contact information, um, you know, posting not only on our database, but all of the social media sites you can find. Craigslist, nextdoor.com. There are lots of community bulletin boards to get that information out. You know, and and a dog can look dirty after only being lost for maybe a day or two. And so people assume that maybe that dog doesn't have an owner or that cat doesn't have an owner. And that's not true. Um, You really need to check on that. You have some great stories from uh, Pet FBI. You've uh, rescued ferrets. You've rescued goats. You've reunited (laughs) iguanas, tortoises. Anything come to mind? Any particular reunion story come to mind? Well, it's, oh gosh, we had a couple. Well, you mentioned the tortoise. The tortoise is funny because, um, you know, we, first of all, we laughed and we, we could just vision this tortoise, you know, making a break for the open gate, right? I'm, I'm right. out of here. So the tortoise, it was a, it was a giant tortoise. Um, the, it went missing. The owner immediately got onto petfbi.org and filed their lost pet report. He gets a call from the local police department. So somebody has called the police to say, I'm stuck in the road. There's a giant turtle blocking my path. Um, So the dispatcher gets online to our website, finds his report, contacts him. Um, The the officer goes to the scene. He runs. The owner comes. um, They load the tortoise back into the car. So the owner then goes back and tracks the path of the tortoise. So the tortoise was missing about 36 hours. He traveled more than two miles. Wow. In 30, right. And they sleep at night. So we figured he really only had a good, you know, maybe 12 hours of travel time. But two miles. That's a bit. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty impressive. That, that <laughs> thing was moving. <laughs> so how are you guys funded? We are a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. So we're funded completely by donations. Um, so we have a lot of um, just wonderful supporters out there who um, feel grateful for the service that we provide and give us donations. Okay. The website. I'm sorry, Judy, did you want to? I, I was just going to ask, what's the longest distance a pet was found from? And uh, what's the longest time a pet was lost and found? Longest time. Um, you know, we had a great story here just last year that comes to mind. Uh, a woman, so a, a gentleman was driving and this little puppy darted out, a little small dog darted out in front of him in the car. And thankfully, he was able to swerve and uh, he missed the dog. He was able to coax the dog into his car. Uh, he took the dog to the shelter, our local shelter here. Um, but in addition to that, he actually filed a found dog report on Pet FBI. So a woman's, you know, looking and she sees this found dog report on Pet FBI and she thinks to herself, well, that that actually looks like my father's dog. 
Her father had passed away two years earlier, uh, and his dog went missing right around the same time that he passed away. So she figures the chances are pretty slim, but she, she went to the shelter anyway and checked. And sure enough, it was her father's dog. We have no idea where this dog had been for two years. Um, but what a wonderful thing to have that piece of her father's life back after he had been gone for, for two years. Wow, that's so, amazing. Isn't that a wonderful story? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The website is PetFBI.org, PetFBI.org. And, of course, as Leslie has just mentioned, they are a nonprofit, always looking for donations and help. We'll put all the information over at AnimalRadio.pet. Leslie, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Wow, what great work for a nonprofit. Nobody's making any money. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It is uh, time for us to get on out of here. Remember, if you need your fix during the week... Visit us over at animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And it's a great app to have because if there's ever a recall, a pet food recall, or news that really affects your pet, you'll know first. You'll get a notification on your phone. Now, it wouldn't be the uh, regular Thanksgiving show unless Dr. Debbie did her turkey imitation. So before we go, humor me. I knew you were going to say this. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm choking. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> This is Animal Radio Network.